Want to accelerate your spiritual growth? Sign up for the mentorship of narcissists. Their courses are available all day, every day. Tuition is paid for. Let's get into it. Welcome to another episode of the Privy Sage podcast where I talk, we talk, soul level shiz to help you heal your life and your relationships so you can help others do the same. So people often wonder how I just came out of seemingly nowhere, all spiritually minded and self-aware and such, (laughs) or at least people think, right? And I talk about things like self-loyalty and self-trust and self-leadership. And I'm sure a lot of people just assume that I just teach selfishness. And you know what? They are so right. I do teach selfishness. (laughs) But it's selfish, selfish with a big S. Not the usual brand of selfishness we're accustomed to, but that kindness tuned into something greater. That big S, the higher self. Selfish to that part, selfish to the soul, right? My, but in my journey back to my big S, because I may have lost my way, <laughs> and my current connection with my big S. That's my myself is mostly in part because I signed up for the mentorship of narcissists. Now, there are some placements in my birth chart and and they just require that some heavy hitters come in and be placed on my path. Right. And well, today I'm going to give them all their accolades. (laughs) And I honestly mean that in truth. I really, really do. And so in this episode of the Previous Age podcast, you're going to learn what the heck a future faker is. And I'm going to share seven reasons, albeit seven spiritual lessons that narcissists have to teach us and why they're some of your greatest mentors. So if you've heard any of my previous podcasts or you've read any of my posts or follow me for any amount of time, you may have come across conversations about relationships and heartbreak and a post or two about narcissism. And I've never really been big on that word narcissism. Like it's a label that paints devils on people when really we're looking at people who are just painfully ignorant to their own inner turmoil, their own self-hatred, their own pain, their whatever toxicity they have going on inside them and whatever trauma that they came up in childhood with. Hurt people, hurt people, right? It's a fact. We see it. There's no guesswork there. However, <clears throat> I will never excuse emotionally abusive people for their bad behavior. Can I love them unconditionally? Can we get to a place of doing that? Yes. And can I also have them stay the hell out of my life or keep strict boundaries with them? Absolutely, I can. Now, I want to preface preface that I had already been on my spiritual path and personal development path, so to speak, at least a decade before I got my mentorship, (laughs) my big training. Right. You can imagine After being someone who was, quote unquote, already so deeply in the spirituality and personal development and self-help and the universe comes and is like, "Mm, she's not getting the lessons, everyone. Let's send in the heavy hitters. (laughs) 
Oh, oh, she just wants to get a two-year degree? Okay, give her the grant, pay for all her books. Oh, wait, 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 wait. She, she wants to go a little further than two years with some narcissists. Okay, let's get her that PhD. Okay, get her that scholarship. <laughs> get everything she needs for her journey, right? <laughs> and I think a lot of people, especially people that you call light workers and such, fall into this spiritual spirituality trap this toxic spirituality, addiction to self-help, and all the things without being witness to the other parts of ourselves that are just as important, right? Just cause, so we can be love and light, even though the world absolutely needs more people who are invested in the light because it is some BS on the dark side. But we can't turn a blind eye to everything that we are. So let's talk about the lessons of the narcissist and we're going to start with future faking (laughs) now this is a concept honestly i literally just recently learned about right The, the label for it right and it blew my mind because i realized i had totally experienced this not too long ago (laughs) and if you know my story maybe you don't i've been celibate since october of 2022 and if you haven't heard that story it's on my last podcast i think that's my um self-love edition it was like valentine's day podcast right i talked all about it but in essence i have been dating on and off all this time since a heavy heartbreak happened in 2022 right I kind of pulled back from dating for a minute and then I got back into it. But I pulled back my energy and I pulled back my sexual energy so that I could learn some hard lessons that I was unwilling to get until I stopped giving away my cookies to the rookies. (laughs) I don't mean to speak ill of my past relationships. They always serve my growth, but I do like jokes. But anyway, about future faking. What the hell is future faking? And how did my last future faker fuck around and find out? (laughs) If you don't like cussing, this is not the podcast for you. Have a blessed day. All right, here we go. Have you ever started dating someone who made over-the-top promises right at the beginning of the relationship and they never fulfilled them at the end of the day? Well, they say that future faking is a manipulative strategy used by narcissists to get what they want from you in the present moment. And they they target your heartfelt desires like long-term commitment and stability. And they distort reality so that you believe that your relationship is so strong and so deep right and you end up giving in to their demands because you believe in this fairy tale so this is what this really looks like so you start dating somebody somebody new and you're really enjoying getting to know them but by the third date they're already talking about going on vacations together meeting each other's families and other important steps a couple usually takes several months to get to right (laughs) when they're in, in a relationship now don't get me wrong there's anomalies all around right love at first sight all the things whatever but in general no it takes some time to get to those stages right now on the one hand you're flattered you're excited because here is somebody who wants to commit oh my goodness right but in your mind you're also like hold up this person is going way too fast right something ain't right 
And pretty soon you realize that this person has no intention of delivering on their promises and that these are just empty words to manipulate you into lowering your guard and doing what they want. Right. And so they use this strategy to manipulate your emotions and it creates this illusion of intimacy and connection so that you will give in to their demands and they always target your heart's deepest desires like financial stability like like i work here i have this business and blah 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 blah, and my i mean what's the point of life if a man isn't taking care of a woman and you know what i'm saying (laughs) and and they and your deepest desires like love and intimacy and most people are often likely to believe that this person's going to follow through because who would make serious promises without intending to fulfill them, right? Most people ain't got time. <laughs> so I experienced my very last future faker, and it's going to be, la- it, it's the last. <laughs> I experienced this not too long ago, and I want to share some of the signs of future faking and how my future faker had met the wrong one (laughs) so i met this guy while i'm out to lunch by myself right and i'm not gonna get too detailed to protect the quote-unquote innocent and because who knows i'm not trying to throw dirt on humans that i met you know for 48 hours right (laughs) but we met and we had only known each other for like 24 hours 36 hours at the most right before he did everything On what they call the future fakers list, right? Everything. So I knew for sure that this was a spiritual lesson I had been handed or handed to myself. And it was a chance to say to myself, okay, listen, are you standing on business? Because are you standing on business about what you claim to truly want in a love relationship? And I passed the test, people. (laughs) I said yes. I'm standing on business. So what are some of the signs of future faking? And what did he do and how did I handle it? So here's some of those signs. Number one is they move too fast, right? All relationships move at their own pace, right? But certain behavior is usually reserved for after you've already been with this person for a couple of months, right? For example, a future future faker will say, I love you. Or talk about taking a long vacation in some tropical destination like only knowing after knowing you for like a week. Right? This guy had only known me less than 36 hours. And he said, I don't know what I had said, but he was just like, this makes this just makes me love you more. <laughs> and I I and 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 then at another point in the date it was like hey let's go out of town on such and such day oh my now granted we had some seriously spooky like coincidental connections and things that were just so weird about the intertwining of our lives even though we had never met before and we knew both new people in real life the same people we the places we grew up the people we went to school with like it was kind of uncanny right the coincidences were really uncanny it was kind of mind-blowing but after a while I started to see that I was just testing myself with another enticing human (laughs) right universe was like let's make this one grandiose let's test her with some grandioseness right to see if she's standing on business so number two sign 
was that they make grand statements. So somebody who's trying to manipulate you will always use grandiose statements to make you feel like you're in a fairy tale. And they will love bomb you by saying things like, I never felt this way about anyone else before, or we have a soulmate connection. And he most certainly said he never felt this way before about anyone else, right? And part of me believes that that was true for him because the connection was a little, a little uncanny, right? But part of me gathers that he was likely also acting from narcissistic tendencies. Number three, they will refuse to take accountability. Narcissists and other types of manipulative people cannot take responsibility for their actions and we'll talk about this in the spiritual lesson portion but if you try to start a conversation about their hurtful behavior they're going to shift the blame on you or they're going to deny any wrongdoing at all like and this is one of my harder lessons this one had me all messed up in previous relationships (laughs) i'm like i am too spiritual and too high-minded and too uh i've been doing too much work on myself to be having this happen to me what in the devil (laughs) right and mind you and i'm talking about in previous relationships mind you even though future faking is a common tactic in romantic relationships it can be it can also be seen in other areas of your life because narcissists can be friends they can be family they can be co-workers they can be bosses they can be children So I've got to play on a lot of fields with quote-unquote hurt people or quote-unquote narcissists, right? They show, they're there for a reason. But the more you argue with a future faker, the harder they will deny it. And by the end of the conversation, you're going to be exhausted. You're still not going to have the answers or acknowledgement of their bad behavior, right? And that was sort of the outcome I got with this guy. Because the next morning after our date, right i because we went on a on a date i said to myself or at least we met up i don't call it a date we met up (laughs) whatever anyway i said to myself something is really wrong here and i'm not doing this right i'm not and i'm not gonna be cowardly i'm not gonna text him what i'm thinking i'm gonna i'm gonna say what i'm thinking right so i call him and i let him know that i want to tell him something and he's like okay (laughs) And what came out of me was a little unexpected. Like I was, I was a little emotional and I'm sure it's because of past hurts. Right. But what I had to say ended with, I don't feel safe with you. And I mean, I almost could hear my voice crack. Like I want to cry about it. Like I don't feel safe with you. Right. And I I just met this person. So I I knew that that was remnants of, of the past, but He denied the wrongdoing and couldn't understand where I was coming from until I hit him with his own words. And the reason I had said that I don't feel safe with you was because of things that he told me and experiences he'd had as as a grown man. I'm like, you still doing things like that? But no judgment. That's his life. But I hit him with his own words and he had told me that he only listens to God and not other people, right? And I said, okay, would God have told you to rush me into going on a trip with you? He said, no. Would God have told you to give me an ultimatum about being your woman? He he did that too. 
ultimatum about me being his woman. Let him know by such and such date. <laughs> he said no. Right? Rush me into making a decision about committing to you. Would God have told you to do that? He said no. And though it felt like a breakthrough had happened, nah, <laughs> I don't think it did. <laughs> and then he, well, maybe it did. I, I won't know. But then he switched over to, okay, I, I at least want to still be friends, right? And I had to tell him that I didn't think that was a good idea, right? Because how? No. <laughs> For people who really like you and think you got this crazy connection and all, I'm like, no, that's, that's probably not going to work out right now. And so he left it, left that alone. Of course, he texts me later and he, he tells me he still wants to see me. And I respond with, for what reasons? <laughs> for what reasons? Right. And he, he said, I, I miss you already. And I had to think on this. I'm like, are you going to be your old self and buy into this because it's fun and exciting, exhilarating? Or are you going to stand on business? I was like, let me let me simmer and think on how I'm going to reply to this. Or am I not going to reply to this at all? Right? So I went about my day, responded. It wasn't that much longer after. Maybe a half hour or something like that. And I texted back. And I said, I have finally gotten to a place of peace in my last relationship. And I'm not coming out of that peace for this relationship. And he said, I totally respect and understand that. And that was that. So, what are these spiritual lessons that, and I hate the label, but narcissists, what can they teach you? Right? So, from a spiritual perspective, and in my case, as an astrology nerd, from an astrological perspective, and this might be a tough pill to swallow. But narcissists are in your life for a reason. Or they have been in your life for a reason. And and as unbelievable as this may seem, they have come to help you accelerate your spiritual growth and evolution. When I got in with that heavy hitter, like I knew from Jump Street, just to begin, at the beginning of our relationship, when I was telling one of my uh friends at the time about this person i was like he has come to accelerate my spiritual growth <laughs> like i knew it from jump street but why didn't i leave after year one and year two why didn't i go right i wouldn't get those lessons i would not get those lessons and they are there to teach you they're there to teach you so just for a moment could you take on the view that this person or those people came to be mentors for you, not tormentors, even if that's what it shook out to be, <laughs> a little torment, right? And I know that's hard. They're just rotten assholes if you just look at it on the surface, right? But know that narcissists don't wake up every day choosing to be narcissists right they're following a pattern that's ingrained in them they're not thinking mm, today seems like a great day to be a giant emotionally abusive asshole <laughs> or financially abusive asshole they're not they didn't wake up with that although i'm sure they intended on some days right <laughs> 
But know that they're operating from fear and from woundedness and insecurity and ego. I promise you. Right. And yes, I believe that, quote unquote, narcissists can transform themselves. It might take way longer than we ever have time for, but they can change. And you don't have to be with them or stay with them while they're working through their own shit. And you probably shouldn't. Right. But let's look from a higher perspective, at least for a moment. Okay, so when you see a narcissist as a mentor, you will learn so much about yourself so much and we'll talk about it so narcissists unintentionally unintentionally teach us great lessons right you might have been emotionally beat down before you learned them <laughs> like i was but you will get those lessons if you're willing to receive them right if you're willing to get the gift all right so let's talk about these seven spiritual lessons are seven reasons why narcissists are our greatest some of our greatest mentors now i put these in order of the greatest lessons that i was taught so here we go number one lesson i got was the lesson of self-awareness now this one might be a little hard to land with you but it's crucial right because often the qualities that we hate in other people the qualities we think are so unattractive that we do not like, especially in a narcissist, are the same ones you don't like within yourself. Right now, I'm not saying you go around acting like this, but these are we we are whole beings. We come with everything. Right. The possibilities are in all of us and the bad tendencies that you label bad that you deny need to be brought to the light to be seen and healed in order to grow like we all have a light and dark side we all have the nice girl bad girl inside us we all have the proverbial angel on one shoulder and the devil on the other the saint in the center right we all have that and i heard jill scott's song a long walk that song i love that song a long walk a long walk i heard that in my head after i wrote the script for this podcast and the lyrics were your background it ain't squeaky clean i ain't gonna even try to sing it sometimes we all gotta swim upstream you ain't no, you ain't no saint. you ain't no saint. <laughs> you ain't no saint we all are sinners but you put your good foot down and make your soul a winner you make your soul the winner understand that's what these people are for to make your soul a winner okay well, to make your soul the winner, excuse me, let me be right. Your soul wins. OK, so we got to make peace. We're realizing that the potential for us to be assholes <laughs> and uh, devilish and all the things is available to all of us. The potential for us to be manipulative or unintentionally hurt people with our words or actions is all there. I remember when I was getting my master's in transpersonal psychology. Transpersonal is the study of body, mind, and spirit, okay? So I was getting my degree in, in transpersonal psychology, and one of the exercises we had to do was to make ourselves aware of all the people who ride our bus. It's like all the personalities that ride the bus, so to speak, with us on a daily basis, right, or from time to time right who's riding your bus so mine was titled who's on Gigi's bus and you know who who was there 
the love and light rainbow fairy unicorn she was there the stripper she was all the vixen the sexy stripper she was there the ghetto bitch oh she was totally there the flamboyant oh look at me i don't care what you think look at me <laughs> the wise one the sage the one with all the wisdom is there the playful child still there the complete fuck up and total mess oh she's she rides the bus and the one who don't like authority other people telling her what to do oh she totally riding my bus <laughs> right it's our shadow selves that we think we want to hide from the world because of, of of being or fitting the mold or conforming to society and what we think society wants they say that the road to hell is often paid paved with good intentions right and i say right now i don't trust people who are too nice <laughs> and i'm sure i used to be too nice right they tell you what you, they think you want to hear they won't be real they won't be authentic they won't be true i like truth tellers now, I'm not talking about those malicious, underhanded, just trying to be mean just because, right? But people who stand in their truth, even if it's not what I want to hear or if it hurts some wounded part of me, it triggers some wounded part of me, I'd rather be in front of a truth teller, right? Because I can't fault you for speaking on what feels valid for you and how you see the world. I don't have to agree, but you're living your experience and I can accept that about you right now on the other hand a narcissist might just be triggering your childhood wounds right and again a person with narcissistic behavior which any of us can exhibit in any moment like you can exhibit a narcissistic behavior you absolutely can right but a person and again it can be a friend a coworker, boss family member child all the things but I'm talking about a chronic, I'm talking about chronic narcissistic behavior. If you feel mistreated or rejected by them, that person you're in a relationship with, or like you, what you do is never good enough. Or it seems like they ignore or underplay your accomplishments while they constantly criticize every tiny mistake you make. Or you feel bad about yourself after you see them. If that sounds true, which it most certainly was for me, and of course, narcissists will swear up and down that they're a good person, but deep down, they don't really believe that. If any of that sounds true, there may have been someone in your life you almost who, who also made you feel that way. And that might have been a parent, for instance. You're looking for love and validation from a narcissist the same way you're looking for love and validation from a difficult parent or somebody else that you're close to. And the narcissist is just triggering those parts of you that feel insecure and unloved and unworthy. The parts of you that are just calling to be healed. Right. And if you look at this from an astrological standpoint, this was really big for me because we all choose to come here and work through a deep wound or wounds. And one of the areas in our birth chart is called Chiron. And that's reflective of what we call the wounded healer. And it's the place we are wounded and working through and what we came here to help other people heal. It's the wounds to wisdom point in your chart, basically. Right. And in my chart. 
there were these very wounds were what I was working on with these narcissists. Insecurity, unworthiness, lack of self-value, financial instability, and wounds around pleasure and sexuality. So yes, a narcissist may trigger the feelings of insecurity and rejection you may have experienced as a child. Number two lesson that narcissists teach is the lesson of humility. And I love this one because it's not the kind of humility most people will think or like being humble about something. When you learn this lesson, it allows you to stop taking on other people's burdens and their guilt trips and their projections on you. Right. The things that they just hate within themselves and don't want to see in themselves, they project on you. You're the devil in this scenario. <laughs> right. But it allows you to create an experience of interdependence or coexistence rather than enmeshment and entanglement with these people. Right. On the one hand. All relationships are mirrors, right? They they can reflect our shadow. They can reflect our gold. But these narcissists, they're, they're absolutely reflecting the parts of ourselves we deny because we want to fit in or we want to be liked or loved or be marketable in this world. And on the other hand, what a narcissist says or does is not all about you. It's not. It's about them, (laughs) right? They're expressing their inability to give or receive unconditional love or whether they feel fulfilled or happy or important. They're revealing the unhealed pain of their inner child. And sometimes it's hard to blame them, right? I mean, sometimes it's not, but sometimes it is hard to blame them because nobody teaches us these things in school. Government and institutions are not set up for us to know ourselves. They are set up so we can look outside of ourselves for love and authority and how to live this life, right? There are literally people, very, very high up people, elite people, quote unquote, right? Who are doing everything they can in this world to distract us from knowing ourselves and valuing ourselves, They want us to abandon ourselves in favor of their advice, their rules, their demands, right? Self-abandonment is where we disregard, give up, or abandon what's true, important, or valuable to us as an individual in order to do what we believe is right or good or safe or appropriate. And that looks like people-pleasing conflict avoiding, being overly responsible, or playing out these good girl, good boy roles, right? When we self-abandon, we in essence are saying, I don't matter. And most of us think that it's other people's actions and words that are saying, you don't matter, right? But they're just a reflection. And narcissists are just such amazing freaking mirrors because it's the energy and the beliefs you've been carrying around And their actions, their actions are just reflecting your thinking and what you believe about yourself. How you value yourself determines your experience externally. So if we were if we were giving grace to our narcissists, it's because people who don't truly value and love themselves 
although they will pretend that they do to the best of their abilities. They don't really know how to do that for somebody else when they can't. They haven't been doing it for themselves. Right. Or they've been doing it in a very superficial way, you know, accolades, status, money, whatever their thing is. But nobody gave them a guidebook either. And if you're anything like me, you have to learn the hard way and teach yourself along the way. Right. Narcissists require so much love and admiration from other people. Right. They they call this narcissistic supply, apparently. So when they love somebody, it's conditional. It's judgmental. It's fragmented. And they don't they don't understand when other people point that out to them. Right. They can't claim being that way at all. Right. And you'll often see it in their birth chart. So don't take it personal because they've they've also come to learn from us. Right. They came in as the narcissist who learned their own lessons, too. And two of the biggest lessons that they're going to learn if they're willing is all about self-judgment and unconditional love. Right. And, and they've been abandoning them, themselves. Number three lesson is the lesson of setting boundaries. And this one's tricky. Right. But are you an emotionally sensitive person? Do you tend to shy away from conflict? Do you just want everybody to go along to get along? Right? Do you have any heavy labor in your chart? Little Pisces, maybe some Cancer, Gemini, Taurus. <laughs> right? If you say yes, you might find it extraordinarily difficult to set boundaries with a narcissist or you have in the past. Yet this might be the very lesson that they are t teaching you. And I also like to call these karmic relationships. These are karmics. Like these are the kind of relationships that show up on your path to push you to value and respect and love and honor yourself in order to truly live your best life and have great relationships with other people. It pushes you back to being selfish. Your big S is calling you to come home to yourself. They're teaching you to stand up for yourself, to speak up for yourself, to set boundaries and to be the authority of your own life. Right. We can't be mad when people continually overstep our boundaries simply because we don't want to rock the boat and we're not practicing actually upholding our boundaries when people cross them. But that's all right. All, as with all things, it takes practice. Believe me, I'm still doing so. Still practicing. Right. Number four, and one of my favorites, is the lesson of compassion. So if you've been really emotionally scarred by a narcissist, it may take a little time to get to this place, right? But the reality is that narcissists are human too, right? They come with all their own pains and hurts and traumas that they picked up before they met you or before you came into their life. They can feel scared and insecure and lonely too. They don't think they're good enough too. They make mistakes too. And they crave appreciation and real love just like the rest of us. At some level, they deserve compassion too. And what if that compassion comes as a byproduct of us witnessing humans who just have consistently prevented themselves from experiencing true love and connection, who have consistently blocked themselves from real spiritual growth, right? These are gifts that they have pushed away. 
and they've been blinded by their own ego and, and they're unable to look away from their own reflection to see what others have been trying to reflect to them. So they might see their own patterns of self-abandonment and work to authentically honor and value and love themselves. Right. They deserve that, too. Even though we, we don't think so in the moment. <laughs> they're just an asshole, a rat bastard. Right. Number. Oh, where am I at? So they, they deserve that too. And this never excuses their bad behavior. Let me let me get that straight. Because I don't want anybody to think that, right? You're not here to do the work for them. You're not here to be their savior. You're not here to be their spiritual guide. Because then they'll just lay all that responsibility on you, right? We're trying to transform them. And, they, and then they're not going to do the work themselves. They're just going to do this little sub surface level work, making it look like they're doing work on themselves instead of doing the really deep emotional and spiritual healing that they need to do. That's what you call spiritual bypassing. You try to do that surface level stuff, right? But everybody gets there when they get there. All right. Let's have some faith that they can get there. Number five is the lesson of forgiveness. Now, narcissists often don't believe they did anything wrong. They're not going to ask for forgiveness. And honestly, they probably don't deserve it. <laughs> but you do. So forgive them anyway. Because animosity and resentment and hurt and blame and holding grudges and victimhood... That just creates a perpetual cycle of suffering because it literally, and I want to reiterate, it literally creates an energetic tie between you so they can keep hurting you and keep feeding off of you and never getting their lessons because they love your light. They love your light. They feed off of it, right? Now, forgiveness takes as long as it's going to take. Don't force it. I don't tell anybody, hey, just try to forgive. If you're not at that place, you're not at that place, right? It can happen immediately or it can take as long as it needs to take you. But true forgiveness is something you feel in your heart. You feel it in your body, a relaxation. It's the reality of unconditional love. It's not lip service to forgiving somebody. Okay, I forgive. No. Is the real deal kind that comes from honoring yourself and trusting yourself. And it makes you feel lighter and freer and happier and healthier. Because to forgive is to detach from what has been. All right. Number six is the lesson of gratitude. Now, this one might be challenging because, well... <laughs> It's hard. It's sometimes hard to have gratitude for things that were really painful. But I promise you, you can get to a place of gratitude for the narcissist in your life, especially when you realize they signed up for their mentorship with you. <laughs> you are also a powerful mentor, right? When you look at the chart, their birth charts, they signed up for it. So these people, again, come here to help you come back to yourself. They teach us kindness by being unkind to us. They teach us self-acceptance and acceptance of others by being judgmental to us. They teach us unconditional love by being punishing and withholding. And they teach us self-honesty by being deceptive. And this is one of the lessons that's been a game changer for me, right? I've had so many relationships where deception was at play. And, I, and I'm a Scorpio a Scorpio. Um, rise and, and Scorpio tends to not trust anyway so I came in here <laughs> to learn the lessons of trust 
And I got a lot of deceptive people come into my life to make me look right. And I think that's one of the things people get wrong about me until they get to know me, because I lead with my Libra nature, the one who wants everybody to have fun, everybody to have harmony and everybody have healthy relationships and everybody live their best lives. Right. But in relationships, I'm very scorpionic. I have a lot of heavy placements of Scorpio in my chart and I got a little bit of Aries in very important places and well people have often thought I was just a naive one the spiritually minded do-gooder right (laughs) and I'm sure I showed up to them as that in the past right but they didn't know how profoundly they taught me the power of discernment to power the power to see beyond masks and 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 charm and and flaunting status or money around right fake facades they taught me the power to see beyond those false masks right and they taught me to have to rely on intuition to have to trust myself and well you could just let people think whatever they want about you when you get to this place (laughs) it can't matter anymore their validation and their approval and their you know it, it, it can't matter anymore Because you're the one giving it to yourself now, right? And so if it weren't for narcissism in my life, I absolutely wouldn't be the person I am today. I wouldn't be able to walk my talk in this way to the best of my ability. Because, of course, I can fall off where I have my moments, right? But I thank them for their mentorship and the lessons that I've learned and that I see unfolding because of them. And I want to apologize because I don't actually have seven reasons. (laughs) I have six. I forgot about that. But no matter. um, Bumps in the road happen, right? Let's move on. We are at the end here. And I want to thank you. And I want to thank your mentors. (laughs) I want to thank us all for receiving the lessons learned or or the lessons you're going to learn. Right. I want to thank you for being on this journey and maybe reflecting on maybe being able now to reflect on the lessons that maybe you still need to learn. Right. Or the lessons that you still need to help heal your life. And I want you to let me know in the comments if you've experienced narcissism and what lessons you've learned or are learning. And hell, if you you've been the narcissist and you're doing the work to heal, let me know about your journey. And I will catch you all in the next episode of the Privy Sage Podcast.